Our emotions are designed, they're designed to inform us, not to direct us. There is no number you're ever going to get to that is going to heal whatever is going on inside of you. I think defining what it means to be a man is not possible. And, and when I say I don't think it's possible, I think I mean on a mass scale of agreement throughout societies. Oftentimes, anger is simply sadness masked. Because I feel like you never really stop growing. And if you have stopped growing, like you're already dead in the water. You know, stagnation is synonymous to death. You are now embarking on the imperfect experience. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Imperfect Pod, where we discuss masculinity and manhood more intentionally and purposely. This week's guest is Wendy Zhang, host of My Terrible 20s podcast and actually someone I went to high school with, um, but we never really talked in high school. She was too popular for me, uh, but we reconnected recently in the hopes of having an honest conversation about what dating is like from a young women's perspective. Uh, if you remember, I think it was episode 33, I had a young gentleman named Jordan Paris on where we talked about a lot of uh, dating as a young man. And this is kind of like a follow-up to that from a women's perspective we talk a lot about that episode uh we talk in and, and hone in on some of the same key points so if you haven't tuned into that tune into the that episode as well um and yeah we're going to get into it talking about daddy issues talking about being friends with exes first date etiquette and much much more so let's get into the show now and i hope you enjoy Hello, Imperfect listeners. Today, my guest is Wendy Zhang. Um, she has her own podcast. We actually went to high school together, but never talked. Um, so we'll maybe give a little bit of background about that too. Uh, but I'm really excited to have her on. Um, and obviously, Wendy, the first question I ask my guests is, who is one person, dead or alive, that you'd like to have over, have over for dinner? And what would you cook for them? Thanks, Luke. I think I would have to say Jesus. I've always said that. And for two reasons, actually, because first of all, I just want to like, I just want to like know what he, what he was like, but also like, what I don't know what I would cook for him. I think that would also be a lot of pressure because what, what do you cook for someone like Jesus? He would probably be the one providing fish, for and, me. Bread, probably, like fish, right? fish bread and wine, honestly, because yeah. you know, um, but yeah, that is, I'd have to say, I'd have to say Jesus. <laughs> Honestly, never had that one before, and I'm surprised I haven't, because even though, I don't know, actually, I think a lot of my guests have been Christian or religious, but none of them has have said a religious leader, which fascinates me, because yeah. usually religious leaders are people that people would really want to meet, even if they don't believe in a faith. Like, Jesus seems like a really cool dude. Yeah, yeah, he was. And so, you know, what's interesting is because, like, well, I'm Christian, I'm just not religious, very different things, yeah. but... We don't have to go into that. Um, the thing is, Jesus, he's like the most um, influential person in history. Like our calendar dates are based on his death, his his birth and death. And a lot of like the problems we have around the world are also because of disagreements around, mm -hmm. you know, him, who he was, what he taught. But, you know, in, a, in essence, like he is the most influential person in the history. And when I think about like why I would want to have dinner with Jesus, it has very little to do with religion. It actually has a lot to do with just like how he, what he says. Cause when you actually study the words that he says, it's like, you can't find flaw in it. There's like, there's like nothing wrong with, he's just so wise and everything. And I could, I could just listen forever and ever, even if I wasn't Christian, like even if he was just like a guy, I still would really love to hear his teachings, his parables. Like I think they're all, really inspiring regardless like what people's opinions on him was right 
yeah the dinner part is when the pressure comes in because it's like yo who am i (laughs) like you know jesus i think knowing him he would be he would just be happy with the thought of you know you having him over so (laughs) inviting him in right treat him to a nice 2020 meal which would be home cooked because of get him some doordash we'll see if he likes that Mm. yeah well actually i'm not sponsored by doordash so yeah, take that, <laughs> yeah take that out until they sponsor me they're not getting a word on this podcast you know i would probably cook him like an alfredo pasta because i got really good at that over the quarantine i'm like really good i cooked the alfredo from scratch so i would love to present that skill to someone like jesus so. perfect and that would go yeah. great with like a white wine yeah exactly hey. any any food that pairs good with wine or you just have water and have Jesus turn it into wine. That you're honestly, too. yeah, your options yeah. are endless, really. <laughs> endless. Um, so then kind of going into who you are, more about you, why you started your podcast. Um, give us a little bit about that and uh, why you started that journey. Oh, my gosh. My podcast, admittedly enough, it was a pure, like, it was an impulse thing. I didn't really plan much into it. You know how most people, they start podcasts and they have like seven episodes lined up before they publish it for the first time. And they yeah, do I like, didn't do that either. So Okay, cool. Yeah. But yeah, you, know, you know how other people do that and they yeah. like prepare months and they, they start marketing before they even have anything to, to offer. Me, it was just like one night I just got home, recorded my first episode and I just published it. I don't even know. I wasn't planning on publicizing it yet but I showed a few friends and they just they started posting and I was like oh shoot well I guess we're live (laughs) so what got me there was actually um the last two years I think a bunch of people in my life like school work just different different areas in my life people were telling me like you should start a podcast like you have really you have your life experience and and just like the things that you have to say your thought process um um your experiences in life all of it is so interesting. You should start one. But for me, like, you know, when, you, when you're talking, you don't really think that the stuff you have to say is good at all. Right. Cause yeah. it's just you. Um, but turns out like other people will find you interesting just because of who you are, not because of what you have particularly to say. And so I think what really pushed me to do it was people were like on always complimenting my voice they were like I love listening to you speak it didn't even matter what I was talking about people would just like to listen to me and I had this one music producer friend we're still friends he he was like Wendy I'm obsessed with your voice like can you just keep talking this entire car ride and I was like oh my gosh like this is a music producer producer like he has a record label and he's signed and everything and he's you're telling me that he likes listening to my voice not even like a singing voice just like my regular speaking voice and you know people have been telling me that before but I think like just coming from him it was like the last validation that I needed and I just recorded the first one for fun but people liked it and I was like oh I had fun too maybe I should just keep going so it was purely accident (laughs) (laughs) that's I mean you do have a nice voice, so I will oh, give that. Thank to you. you too. Yeah, but in terms of what do you talk like? What do you talk about? Obviously, it's my terrible twenties. Um, are they that terrible that you had to? Are, you know or what? Are they pretty good. They're actually <laughs> pretty amazing. And the reason I called it terrible twenties was because like I I just love satire. It's just my sense of humor, and I the reason like it's called my terrible twenties. But if you look at it, it's like sprinkled in all this pink and pretty. Yeah 
decoration. So it's supposed to be like I- irony in a little bit. And it's supposed to just be like, I, I don't know, it's supposed to ha- emphasize how awesome our 20s really is, really are. Yeah. Because, you know, we have adults and, and society being like, yeah, your 20s are awful. Right. And in many ways, I'm sure they are. But sometimes they're also really amazing. So I wanted to just kind of talk about all the things that we kind of go through in this decade of life. Um, a lot of our personal growth also happens too, if you're lucky. Like some people, maybe they don't, maybe they spend their whole 20s just not even thinking about personal development, you know. But for me, I'm still so young. Like I, I'm just turning 22. And like, I feel I always have to remind myself how young I am. I feel like I'm just speeding by. So there's always different people on different walks of life in this in these few years. And I just thought that it would be really cool to talk about all these different like um, all these different stories. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I've been having really interesting conversations lately and with you, too. Like, I love these conversations. I was looking at your history of guests and they're all so, so cool that when you asked me to be here, I was like, really he wants to talk to me okay okay (laughs) yeah well i mean one i knew you from high school and i'm like okay this is another cool person from high school (laughs) doing podcasting and i always want to support fellow podcasters two um i did an episode on the dating from a male experience from a young man's experience and i thought it'd be really cool to hear from a young woman's perspective about kind of guys because as I get deeper into storytelling and, and building this narrative of masculinity, I think there's a lot that women can add and, and you know, what, what are some of the things that guys get wrong in the dating world? And, and that has to come from a woman, I think a lot of the time that advice. So, um, yeah, when I that, saw that you did it and what you talked about and I saw a, cl- a clip about ghosting, I was like, this yeah, seems like the perfect yeah. kind of conversation we could have on, <laughs> on my podcast. <laughs> Yeah, I actually listened to that episode you were referring to with your guest on dating. And what I really found interesting was uh, I hear women talk about these things a lot, right? So you get a lot of the female perspective. And to me, it's like obvious, but you don't really hear a lot from men talking about it, especially so vulnerably. So uh, yeah, I just, I love what you're doing and like getting people out of their comfort zones with conversation topics. So yeah, I'm excited. Well, thank you very much. That means a lot. I love these types of conversations. I'm all about vulnerability and authenticity. And I think a lot of young guys do ask themselves these questions and don't have the platform or or like wherewithal to kind of figure out what it means to the women in their lives. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I can do that very easily. I'm very comfortable with these kinds of conversations. So let's do it up. <laughs> good, good. I love that. I actually really admire that because you you just you're just so comfortable sharing. And, you know, that makes a great guest and a host for any podcast, right? Yeah. Well, I'm reading a book right now and it's all about um, masculinity and it's from a woman's perspective. And I would, I'll admit, I was ignorant to the fact that women could have so much to offer about the topic of masculinity. And I don't think I've ever read anything more in depth about masculinity than this woman's perspective on it. And it's been a phenomenal book. I have like 30 different topics I could do about it um, just from reading it. And I like, I'm going to be applying it so much to the content moving forward because it's that good. Yeah. But it's all about, you know, I believe I have to lead from a place of vulnerability so that I can get other people to be vulnerable too. And if I'm not sharing, other people won't feel comfortable to share. And I'm fine with looking like an idiot and a fool if that means other people can learn to be comfortable in their own skin because that's how I feel comfortable. So it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? Vulnerability. I think 
people would always, for the longest that I've remembered, people would always say like that I, you know, it's so cool that you're so vulnerable. And for me, I don't know, maybe it's for you too, Luke, like you don't really think that you're being vulnerable. Like this is just who you are. It's almost like effortless. And it was only later in my life when somebody was like, that's actually a gift. If it comes easy to you, like if something that's so hard for other people come this easily to you where you, you don't even think about it, you don't even consider it a skill. That's a gift. And so it's awesome that you were able to realize that and turn it into a platform where you can talk about it with other people. Yeah. Well, uh, that I like the idea that it's a gift too, because people say I'm an oversharer and I'm like, Me too. am I oversharing or am Me I too. just like sharing my life yeah. and this is how it works? I don't know. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm a chronic oversharer. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know the line. I don't know. Like, but you know, with people who are vulnerable, typically we're, we don't share in a way that is like we're trying to get pity or anything like that no you're sharing and people just like are like oh my gosh like they're so okay with talking about this thing like i i want like it is okay to talk about that like like hearing people like us say stories that you know people wouldn't normally talk about in a workplace or whatever it makes other people realize like it's actually okay like i'm listening to this person share a story that seems scary and and you know but she seems cool. She seems like unbothered. They're not sweating when they, they're telling the story. Like maybe I can do it also. Yeah. So, Well, it's interesting that you say that because one of the biggest struggles that I find in my dating life is I can be too vulnerable, like too soon, I guess. Or like with, with women, it's like they, they want to play games at the beginning or, or it's like, don't talk too much. Or I never <laughs> know how much to talk at the beginning. Cause I'm just like, I want to get to know you and I'll start talking and I like that's one place I always get confused is because I just like to share or ask them questions and they feel like it's too much and I'm, I'm overloading them I'm like I'm not trying to overload I'm just trying to get to know you interesting I actually don't know what like games are like from like a man's perspective like what kind of games women play I mean I'm sure I know but I can you I wouldn't even know if they're games I just was I would just would say that like so this is what this is my logic is it's yeah. a lot harder for guys to get matches than girls. So oh. if a guy gets like three matches or whatever, he's messaging those three girls quite a bit, but that same girl probably has about 20 guys in her DMS. And so it's a lot more for her to respond to each guy and give like that much time commitment. So it just seems like she has so much, so many options that she just doesn't choose any. And the guys have so few options that they like waste all of theirs by being too aggressive or like, too too conversational at the beginning you know like yeah, it's not like even like games to... it's just how it works yeah I don't know. that's my theory that's interesting that's how animals do it too like you have like the mating the mating dances and stuff right and the woman just yeah. like chooses <laughs> um that's that's that is interesting I never thought about it like that because yeah you're right okay mm, yeah oh whatever I'll just say it <laughs> so sometimes <laughs> I do that a lot but yeah, I'm just going to share. <laughs> um, when I, there are times when I have like 50 DMs for whatever reason, I don't know. And, you know, I'm just looking through them and I I guess it is just like, there's so many that I don't even want to, I don't even want to be like on my phone. Right. But I do look at all of them. That's the thing. Like I look at each of mm-hmm. them and this is, I think this is the part where men usually fall short is because they're not unique messages. Like you get a lot that are like, Hey, Hey, you're so pretty. Hey, um, 
nice to meet you. Hey, uh, you you have a really nice smile. Like it's all very superficial and the yeah. same thing. And the thing with compliments is if you get the same ones over and over, it just feels like it's something that people say, right? Nice to meet you. That's that just feels like something that we say as a as a normal like a custom or whatever. But when someone compliments you in something like deeper, more superficial that other people might not catch, that's when it really catches your attention. But again, that's hard because you you don't really know when you're looking at social media. So for example, something that really caught my attention was someone who was like, hey, I listened to your podcast on this episode and I really loved what you said about this. And funnily enough, that was a girl. Like girls yeah. know, you know, how to get your attention. And obviously I responded because like, there are many other girls who DM me for like other weird things, but like when these girls make it so personal and they're like, I listened to this. I love, I love what you said on this. And they quote you. Uh, that is when I'm like, okay, sh- sh- okay. They really want to talk mm-hmm. to me. You know, it's not because otherwise it's like, it's copy and paste. Cause from my perspective, I think that this guy in my DMS is also in like 50 other girls DMS. Yeah. That's why the messages are just so like, yeah, that's what I figured too. But that, that it's so much work for a guy to come up with so many lines for every girl, right? I don't. Yeah. It's just a lot. It's that's why. That's why when you get uh, like a personalized message, what it looks like is this guy isn't DMing every single girl that he sees, right? Because you don't have enough effort or time to do all that. So if a guy is doing that, that means that it's either only you he's doing that to, or he's being very selective with who he DMs nobody's gonna see that and be like nobody's gonna see that and be like oh he must be copy and pasting this to everyone because obviously like not everyone has a podcast where you talk about the same thing so yeah i try to be creative as possible i that's why i like hinge a lot more is that you can actually respond to comments and um the the prompts that they use so i like hinge for that reason oh i don't know i've never used that no that's a good one what, are you, do you use dating apps now or no? Uh, I used Tinder to promote my podcast, not going to lie. <laughs> nice. And do you make like one, graphics of it or what? No, no. Just um, just uh, when people go to my Instagram and they see it, that's that's how. Okay. So to get you connected your You connected your Instagram yeah. one then, not Shameless your Shameless plug. <laughs> yes. I put... I put that I have like three podcasts in my bios, but I like gr- girls never respond to that ever. I've never had a single response to the fact that I have three podcasts, at least not in like the initial comment, like maybe after we have a conversation, but not like initially. Interesting. Cause when I first, even before I started mine, when I first, when I see guys with their own podcasts, I go and I, I listen to them. I like study it and I'm like, is it worth Responding Are they worth to this my person? time? Now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, if, yeah. Judging off the quality of their podcast, judging on just like how they speak, their views. Okay, maybe not how they speak, um, but sometimes you can hear confidence in someone's voice, right? Does you can voice kind matter to you? Voice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does the sound of their voice matter to you? Uh, uh, well, no, but usually people don't have like weird voices. Like everybody. I don't know. I've never thought about that. I, I legit have turned down. Yeah. I've been on dates with girls and I'm like the voice, the sound of their voice would irk me over a long period of time. So I don't go out with them again. That's so funny. No, I have heard that before. I just didn't know it was a thing. I'm yeah. sure. I mean, maybe I'm just openly admitting it right now. I don't know if that, that's not like, I don't think that's bad. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure guys do that. I'm sure women do that also. Like, yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know. I okay. The reason voice why matters I, to me. I think the most. Like, is it because like, you? Is it, it because really you're matters. a host? No, it, it mattered before I even had a podcast. Wait, why? It it can't be like too nasally, and it can't be too high pitched. Like those are the two things that right. I'm like really against. <laughs> What's high pitched? Like, hi, Luke. Hi. I guess like more like no, like more like Valley Girlish, or like it has like that cadence. Oh, like, no, I like see. goes I, up and down I, and bouncy, and I'm like, okay, settle down, like. Yeah. Actually, funny story, because when I first moved to Vancouver, I think it's just like my East Coast accent, but people in Vancouver always would like, they, they were like, when I first met Wendy, I thought she was just like a valley girl because of how she speaks. And I was like, I didn't know. I, <laughs> I mean, you're not that bad. Oh. You're not well. You're not. No, sorry, you're not bad at all. Like I don't. I don't notice it. <laughs> okay. Okay. But people from the West Coast, they'll always say that about me. They'll be like, "Oh, like I. I honestly thought you were just a Valley girl when I first met you. Maybe because I speak really fast. But that has nothing. Nothing to do with my no, voice. It, no, it's not the cadence of your voice. Like your their, your cadence doesn't speak Valley girl. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I think I don't. It's very like mono. Like not monotone, but it's it's like flat, and then it goes up and down when it needs to. Okay. But I know people. I know people that said sentences and they every sentence ended with a question somehow. I'm like, how does that work? And that's a statement oh, that you just said. And I know what you mean. I know what you it mean. It always bothered I, me. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know what you mean. It's funny because you don't know if that's an accent or if that's just how they speak. Yeah, it's only like so. I've only it's only been two girls that I feel like I've really right cut out because their voice what if they're like, like the 30, coolest girl so. ever what if they're like the coolest kindest girl ever like your parents love her she's funny she's like one of the boys too like she your friends love her and she just like what if she, you know like i've never gone to that stage if we were at that stage i feel like i'd know you know like if they're already oh. hanging out with the boys in my family yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But if it's like I think, a first date okay yeah i think yeah. it has to be a really phenomenal girl in order for like your um non-negotiables to become negotiable yes yeah so people yeah. always <laughs> and it's and it's more than just their voice too it's like the fact that either they're boring or they were uninteresting or something like yeah. that but okay totally. going to the jordan episode jordan uh jordan paris episode if you haven't listened to anyone go check it out too this is kind of like a follow-up to that episode but you said there were some things in that episode that you enjoyed uh, or thought that were interesting that Jordan said. So I wanted to uh, go over those before we kind of get to the deeper stuff. Yeah. So I thought it was really interesting because you guys were talking about first date politics. And I think about that a lot because I'm like, okay, well, who should pay on the first date? And I have my own thoughts about that too. Because you guys, you you were like, I mean, you guys had a few different scenarios, right? Um, yeah. I won't go too much into it, but you said that if, someone said that if you liked the girl you would let her pay for half but if you didn't like it you would pay for both do you remember that i think that was me that was me yeah, yeah. why can you explain that so how come I, when you I, don't I it, like the girl you'll pay for her that <laughs> i know it doesn't make sense so it, it, to me it really comes down to this i will offer to pay the full thing no matter what if she says no i got it like her half i don't argue like i don't try to fight her on it i just I'm like, okay, this is a woman who's independent, financially secure. She does that. Right. That's fine. Or I say, are you sure? And if they say yes, I like, I ask once, are you sure? And they say, if they say yes, I don't question it. I let them pay. Um, who would say no? Who would say no to yeah. getting like their full if, date paid for? So if a guy was like, are you sure? Like what girl will be like, actually, no, you pay. Like, <laughs> 
I don't know, but I would appreciate that that on- level of honesty. I guess at the really, at the, I don't think yeah. any girl would say it, even if she didn't want to pay. I don't know, but like to me, it's just I don't want like I feel like that would be a game that's played if they say no, I'm gonna pay, and then like or if they say I'll pay for my half, and then I'm like okay, and if they want me to then offer to pay again and then just cover her anyways. I feel like that's a game that I don't want to play. Right. It's just, I'd rather just not have that conversation. Like I would, I would just make sure, are you sure? And then if they say, yes, I'm sure I'll pay for my half. I'm like, okay. But then aren't, aren't you kind of playing a game in a way? Cause you're like, I'll, I'll ask it once and that's her chance, which most of them, they're not going to say, no, you pay. Right. I guess it could be a game, but at the same time, it's like not, I don't mean (laughs) I feel like it oh, is no. because it is one of like the most awkward things. But here, here's how I saw it because like I also come from like a Chinese background, right? And so in mm-hmm. our culture, a lot of it is like when it comes to the bill, you see your parents like they're fighting their friends over it. It's like, I, I, I got it. I got it. And the other friend's like, no, 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 I got it. Like they're literally yeah. fighting over it. It's just like a culture that I've grown up with. And then the person who wins it is ultimately like, I don't know. It's just like, damn, like th- like they really wanted to pay for that that family. They wanted to they, – you know, it just was like a very kind thing because you mm-hmm. had to put effort into it. I don't know if they actually wanted to pay, but like, I guess it's a whole, it's just like a nice gesture because it shows that you really, really want to, at least for the Chinese, right? Uh, for me growing up, I've always split my bill, always, because I always offered it. And I'm sure like every guy's kind of had the same mentality. They were like, okay, well, I don't want to like, like, you know, feminism and everything, like, if she wants to pay for a bill, like, I guess, I, like, it makes more sense. But for me, I always offer because I don't want to seem like that girl who doesn't offer, you know, mm-hmm. also because of my culture, it's like, if you don't offer, it's rude. So yeah. that's part of why I always am like, oh, it's okay, we can split it. Because I don't want there to be pressure. And because like, I, I don't want to feel weird because of my culture, yeah. like you have to offer or at least like go back and forth with me, at least be like, no, I got it. And then I'll be like, no, 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 it's, it's really okay. Like we can split it, you know, but sometimes guys who don't put up a fight at all, I'm like, he, he's really going to ask me out for dinner and then not, you know, even fight me for the bill. Like, but yeah. again, it, it could be <laughs> like a flip. Chinese thing. Everyone's to notice that when he did a hair flip there. <laughs> <laughs> and and it could be like a Chinese thing, but now like I think I offer to pay it because I have the expectation that he's we're going to split it. Like that's my expectation going into it. But if the guy is like very like I want to pay, like I asked you out, I want to pay for it. It kind of surprises me. Like it's like I'm expecting that I'm going to have to like pay for my half, and mm-hmm. then it's like a surprise factor. Like uh, like. So I guess I would be the same where it's like, I expect to pay the full thing. And then if she says, no, I'll pay for it. It's a surprise factor for me because I think the art of, of a guy paying full price for a first date should be dead. Really? hundred percent. Why? If like, well, based on the current argument of, of, you know, feminism, screw the patriarchy that like that would be a very patriarchal move is to label myself as a provider on your first date and then that would set the bar of what is expected in future dates so yeah. to me it's like that in the book i'm reading right now talks about it is how complicated that can be when women or girls expect that behavior but then also they expect 
that they're treated like equals. And so like, where do guys then understand where that is? Are they the sole provider? Are they not the sole provider or not even like the sole provider, but are they expected to provide all the time more than the woman because that, that system gets jumbled up in their heads. And I would rather just know right away. Like if it's something like it's Valentine's day or it's our anniversary or it's their birthday, that's something to me where it's like, I would pay for that. And you can get deeper into the, as you get deeper into the relationship, there's different expectations there. Um, or, you know, I know, I know I have friends who do relationships where the girl will cover one meal and then the guy will cover the next. And it's like, they don't really measure the cost. It's just one covers this one covers the next or one covers dinner, one covers the movie. To me, it's just, you, that's when it becomes hard to understand from guys perspective is what is the expectation of women in society? So that has to be like very clear from the front, that conversation. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. Like you don't want to set the wrong expectations. Um, it's interesting because I, ooh, I'm probably going to get backlash for this. I, okay. So I, I think, I, I mean, okay, obviously we all want to be treated equal, right? Mm-hmm. But I do think that like, in like I'm, okay if you're looking at a marriage i would say that like if i were to get married someday my husband and i would have very different roles but we would be equals right not that i would be like you have to provide for everything but we would obviously be doing different things like sometimes he'd just be shit at something that i'd be good at like you're supposed to yeah. compliment each other right i think mostly when it comes to first dates because a lot of them it's like i don't even know if i like you and i'm going on this date like you know and you, like this guy asks me and I'm like, man, like if I, if I go on it and I don't like it and then I have to pay like $40 for my meal, then it's like, I might as well just not go. Right. Especially if it's like online dating, that's the thing too. If I know the person ahead of time, that's a different story. Right. Also, I think it does depend on like, or your stage in life. If the other, if the guy is like really successful, you know, like, I don't know, just wears like the most expensive shit to his date and then he doesn't pay for her then it's kind of like what like I don't know I guess that sets the wrong expectations also because it's like well you seem to spend a lot of money on yourself you can't even like spend $30 on a dinner that you asked me to but obviously if a guy is like college or like I don't know just I don't know like don't take advantage of people like that just Mm -hmm. you know because it's hard because because I would I would yeah. say the same thing in reverse. It's, I don't know if I like you. I don't know if it goes poorly. Why do I have to pay the yeah. whole thing? Like, why do I have to pay a hundred, potentially a hundred dollars or something yeah. for a meal that I didn't enjoy? And guys have to take out, you know, I, I would say guys, I feel like guys have to go on more dates to find the right girl. And so like, that's a, when I was going on a lot of dates last summer, there, there was, there was times I was, if I was expected to pay the full meal every time, that would be like, two thousand dollars in a summer yeah but wouldn't you like think more clear like more carefully about who you wanted to ask out this is this is there this is a this is a carousel of people until you find the right person that's what i think that's interesting i actually learned that in the class like guys will just keep asking until they find the one but girls have to wait for guys to ask so It's it 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 is interesting because guys because guys ask more than yeah no that is interesting. Girls receive because girls typically typically don't don't ask out. Yeah yeah I've never asked a guy out. (laughs) Yeah if if guys are in more control of how many dates they go on and then they're expected to pay for all those dates, it really limits our. (laughs) That's true. Our potential. That's I'm like I don't really think of it as a big deal because I'm 
financially in a place where I could pay for yeah. those dates. Yeah. Um, but I also don't like I don't take girls to the keg on the first date either. It's typically yeah. like yeah. some sort of nice Thai restaurant or <laughs> yeah. like I'm not taking them for seventy dollar meals on the first one either. I'm not whining and dining them on the first date. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like typically affordable. But when you're in, living in Toronto, a lot of things that are affordable aren't really that affordable. That's true. Plus, you never know how much a girl's going to drink, too. Like, I've had girls Ye- rack me up for, like, three drinks before. Yeah, like, yeah. This ain't, this ain't no... Yeah, this yeah. Ain't, this isn't, like, a free dinner for you. This isn't yeah. how it's supposed to work. There is definitely, like, some people will take advantage of that, which I think ruins it for the rest of us. Because, okay, for me, like, if a guy is, like, let me pay for the date, to me, that's an indicator that he likes me. You know, if he's, like, yeah, you you pay for your half, I'd be, like, okay so we're friends so because because you know when you go out with your friends like you pay for your own bill your friends mm-hmm. aren't gonna pay for you so i'm like okay like that's fine like well, but the intention was to ask you out on a date no yeah the, the intent of friends is different i know like, but well, sometimes people don't even make that though the outcome either. is the same even though the outcome is the same the intent of him asking you out is different yeah but people but exactly so then the outcome right so we're on a date and then the outcome if he if he um doesn't pay it's like to me it's like oh he doesn't like me he doesn't like me because you know i don't know it could be like oh he's got other dates to go on and he can't spend the Mm. money or like i don't know it's just like i I guess it's different for for every person because i can definitely pay for my own bill (laughs) believe you me i don't need (laughs) (laughs) i don't need you i don't need your money i can do it i don't need you yes (laughs) so i can pay for my own bill i don't need a guy to pay for me right that's why it would be nice because it's like, oh, like I don't need him to do it. And yet he wants to do it. Like that's attractive to me because mm-hmm. a lot of things with being independent is that there's a lot of things you don't need a man to do. Right. It all comes down to like how he treats you. And I guess paying it's not a superficial thing. It's just it's just an action. Like it's just an indicator to me because like I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Like I always I, just assume would- people don't like me. I would also argue too that some guys do it for the wrong intent. Yes, that or is they would do thing. it because they don't want to be emasculated, or they don't want a girl to that they're dating to ever have to pay for something on the first date because they feel embarrassed if, yeah. if a woman pays for herself. I've dated me, guys that, like that too. Yeah, that would never emasculate me. I'm just like, go ahead, you yeah. you do that. You're a queen in my eyes if you do that. So yeah, yeah. I don't, I, know. I don't know. That's also interesting because because we're talking about the intent of the date, but the intent of why the guy pays is also important because. There's also guys who use that as, oh, I paid for your date. Now you have to sleep with me. You know what? I and... I can always sense guys like that. And if I can sense it, I don't let them pay because I don't want that. Like I don't want to mm. deal with, oh, but I paid for dinner. So now you owe me. Like I, I can usually sense it from the conversation or like just yeah. the vibe, you know? And then for if, if that's the case, I definitely don't want them paying for me. And I will like fight till the end for that bill. Probably yeah. drive myself home too. <laughs> so, yes. but like, yeah, like there's certain things, but obviously like other guys where I'm like, okay, well maybe this, like, I would love to see him again. That would be when it would be nice. I, I, I don't know, but also see, there's I feel never like, a clear yeah, route. It's, it's very hard because you don't know what the other person feels about you either. Like mm-hmm. you said, like you don't even know if you like the girl, right? Yeah. But yeah, I just thought that was interesting when you guys were talking about it because um, Jordan brought up, he's like, my, I have a friend who tests the guy like that. And I'd say a lot of girls do that, but I don't know if it's like a testing thing. It's just like, it's not like a pass fail test. It's more of like, 
let me see how you react. Like just, just feeling the room. I don't know. Like being able to kind of yeah. tell what the that's guy why I say, doing. are you sure? You know, like, are you yeah. sure? Cause I can pay. And then if they say, no, I pay for myself. I don't push back. Cause I feel it's, like that also goes against the argument. It's not about who can pay. Right. Again, like for me, I can pay, but it's like, if he, that he pay. wants to pay yeah that that's that's the thing right that that's what it makes it attractive because mm. it's like okay he wants to not because he has to or he feels but like does he want to because he that that's also part of the the whole thing is because i want to because i want to go out with you again so yeah. at the end of the day i still want something from you for that payment right and it's True. typically i want to see you again and if paying for that date fully is what gets me that second date, obviously I'm going to want to do it, but also thoughtfully, I'm not going to be like, okay, maybe I don't really want to do it. Cause the only way she's going to actually go out with me isn't because for the character I am, it's for the fact that I paid for the entire thing. Right. So yeah. It's hard. Merit, right? like, it's hard, but can't, can't you kind of tell when, when someone's feeling the date, like, can't you yeah. kind of be yeah. like, I feel like, we're getting along really well. Like, I don't know. I've also had those dates and then it like, it went really well. They paid for it. I paid for it. We still didn't go out because we just, we, our life goals were different. Like, Oh, well that's really well. Right. But it's typically, I don't think it has to do with who pays and who doesn't. Yeah, that is different. Cause if I really liked a guy and then I ended up paying for it, I'd be like, okay, whatever. Like we'll see later down the road, but like, I wouldn't stop me. It definitely, if I liked them already, it wouldn't be like, no, he failed. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> right. Because, again, people are brought up with very different upbringings. White people like Luke. Like myself. <laughs> yeah, like they're, they're not going to understand like the Asian culture where we fight for the bill because like it's just a thing that we do. Right? I just know that because I'm from Markham. That's the only yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I exactly. wouldn't know that if I just grew up with white people. Yeah. So, for, <laughs> for you know, but but for me, like I'm not going to expect you to, to understand that. So Good, it's hard because. Yeah, yeah you you have to be empathetic too because a lot of people probably like we've all we're all out here in the dating game getting played and you know like sometimes people are just more reserved they don't want to like make the same mistakes as before so it's understandable like but you know it does communication is definitely really important because for me if someone's gonna not pay i would probably need them to tell me that they really like me because otherwise i'm gonna assume they don't that's when communication comes into like oh i yeah i tell effect, people right yeah if like, yeah. i will always tell people i'm like hey i really enjoyed this i really like you let's go yeah. again like, yeah yeah always yeah that's, i don't know but, i like that's part of the piece of being vulnerable is i always say that on the first date that that's good but you know a lot of people say that so it Again, it feels like something. It's just you just say that after a date. It doesn't feel like it's very um, genuine a lot of times. And then you you're left. You don't know. You're like, well, he said that he likes, he enjoyed it, but does he really? Mm. I don't know. Especially because, yeah, who knows? That's it's a rough life out there. The other thing that you you thought about that was really cool from or that you wanted to talk about from the podcast was being friends with your ex. Yeah. Um, What do you think about that? I'm anti it. Me too, I'm, but I'm why? I'm fully against it. I think that you owe it to your new partner to not have any of that drama in your next relationship. Yeah. Well, okay. What? Okay. An ex, like someone you fully was like, this is my girlfriend, boyfriend, or an ex, it could just be someone that you like had a thing with or like a friends with benefits thing. Like any of I, those? I, I think so. For one, I'll speak truly from my, it would be like, I know this probably sounds insecure, but I wouldn't want that in my 
relationship, someone around who had that kind of relationship with my girlfriend, even if it's a jealousy thing, I think that's fine. I think jealousy is a normal human emotion and you shouldn't tell your partner, you know, you got to work through it. That's not something like I'm, this is one of my good friends or my ex. I'm not going to dump them for you. I'm like, listen, I understand that maybe at the start, but once you're actually in a committed relationship, you have to take into account their emotions, their mental health, their feelings and jealousy and insecurity are natural human emotions that you can't just tell someone to work through. So it depends also if I've met the person, if I trust them, what that relationship is too. Like that's a huge component of it. But I'm just, I just believe that you owe it to your partner to not do that. Yeah, I think there are definitely exceptions to the rule, but generally I would not like for me, I don't even, I don't do like the friends and friends with benefits thing. I don't even like play in that area because yeah, you're going to have to one day if you're friends with this person and you meet someone like maybe like the love of your life, you're going to have to make difficult decisions, right? Because of your past, because of your decisions from before. And for me, like I, loyalty is like the most important thing for me with friendships, with, with anything, with my bosses, even like, Mm -hmm. like anything. And that goes both ways also, because that means that I have to be on my game with loyalty. And I think being friends with an ex or being friends with someone who just is like, you just, you've had some feelings that are more than platonic Mm -hmm. at all. Like, especially when it's physical, I, you can't blame your new partner for being uncomfortable with that. I think it's like a really sick thing we do. That's like, Oh, she's just, she's being crazy because like my ex is in my friend group. Like, you know, that whole, like, have you seen friends? Yeah. Yeah. So Ross, like Ross and Emily, everyone gives Emily, the wife, like a hard time. But honestly, I think that her reaction is very natural. Mm -hmm. Right. Because, you know, Ross is always around Rachel. He freaking said Rachel's name at the wedding. Like that's probably won't happen in real life. But like, yeah, Emily had all the right to act the way she did after. I think that's what happens when you're friends with your ex. Like you, you can't be surprised when drama comes up between your yeah. wife and your your ex. How are you supposed to get over someone that you had that relationship with if you never distance yourself from them? Like yeah. to me, it's like if you break up with an ex and you're like living your own life for ten years, and then they somehow come back into your life. To me, that would be more. I'd be more okay with that because I'm like you're. 10 years apart from same people like you're probably not gonna have those you see in movies that they those those feelings are rekindled and there's like some love affair i don't think that would happen in like real life as much yeah um it's true because no you're right because i tried being friends with an ex before like maybe like my first love or whatever but um yeah i think it wasn't good but like you know, now, now we're not friends. Cause I think the nature of it is like, you don't know how to be friends with someone that you've only ever known as a romantic partner. Mm-hmm. Right. So what you're just going to try to be friends now? Like why? Yeah. You, there's so many other people you can be friends with. Yeah. There's no reason um, for you to stay friends. Yeah. The reason people often say is, Oh, they've seen me through so much. Like we're, we know each other so well. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly why I don't want them near you. Yeah, cause, it's, it's hey, I, yeah, cause, <laughs> cause I haven't seen you through that even. And yet this other person, you know, who knows you in different ways, many different ways, who probably is means more sentimental value to you than I do. And they're around like it's uncomfortable. And it's an intimate relationship, both emotionally and physically. And that's always going to be a threat to your relationship. 
Yeah, always. Like no matter what people say, they're like, no, no, no. It's just, it's just, they're just a friend. Like, I don't, no. I don't even, you know, when I see that, I don't even continue dating the guy because I can't, I, I put my th- myself through that once before and I, you know, it, you never win. Like, I mean, okay, I didn't win, but I'm sure mm-hmm. there are some times where it works out, but like, it's, you know, the, the relationship can continue only until one of you gets into your next relationship. That's when it deteriorates. Yeah. Because you don't know how to operate within that because yeah. the boundaries have then have to be set when they weren't before. And I know people that would break up with their ex and then go over to their place and do one night stands or like hook up whenever they could, whenever feeling lonely, it becomes a crutch. And then now you find a new person and now their boundaries have to be set where you can't just be in the same room together. Otherwise you're going to be physically and emotionally intimate. So it makes the idea of not getting rid of an ex has never made sense to me. Like I can see some arguments for it, but like very, it never matches up to the arguments of that. That person shouldn't be in your life anymore. That's interesting. Cause the only time I ever wanted an ex to stay in my life was because I didn't want him to be with anyone else. Right. Yeah. And I knew that if I was around that, that wouldn't happen. Like any girl that kind of came in would not stay. I knew that. And that's kind of sick, but you know, that's the truth. Like I knew yeah. I was like, as long as I'm around, he can't move or, you know, it's just, obviously now we're not friends anymore. And like, if he dated someone, I don't care. Like that's yeah. the reality. Like my exes, I, the opposite of love is apathy. Right. So I don't care. I don't, I really don't care. I don't wish you, I mean, I wish you well, I don't wish you unwell, mm-hmm. but you know, you don't have to be in my life. I don't care. Yeah. Right. And same thing. I, I wouldn't want any of them in my life either. Just because like, no, it's, I never understood it either. Cause I know some people who do it and I'm like, no, no, there's something else. Cause mm-hmm. I've been there. never trust it ever yeah yeah and so I just thought it was interesting because uh Jordan was saying that he's really good friends with his ex and that's the thing that's that's the exception sometimes it works yeah sometimes but he's also not in a new relationship oh yeah so and apparently she is but he 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 doesn't think that his her new boyfriend knows anything about him or something like that that's what, okay. That's see, what we I have a problem on the podcast. Yeah. See, that's the thing that I have a problem with because, like, if I don't know, <laughs> I do this thing where on my first dates we talk about <laughs> past dating histories because I mm-hmm. love it. I love listening to people's past. You know, not in like a weird way, but like I just want to, I just want to learn. Like, I just want to see how they talk about it because it's fascinating. Sometimes you can tell when someone's not over it, when they like, you know, when they haven't really reflected or or grown from it. Mm -hmm. And I think everyone should learn something from their past relationships. So when I hear it and I can tell, oh, this person's really over it and he's learned so much. That's attractive to me. And other times I hear it and I'm like, this person is still hung up over his ex and I don't want to be a rebound. Like I'm not that girl. Mm -hmm. I can tell. And for me, I love talking about it too, because you know, I went through so much self-reflection, so much therapy, like for, for other stuff. And I, I just want to like share that with the next person I'm with. So anyways, I don't remember why I brought this up that I talk about exes on my first date. Oh yes. So (laughs) if someone, if someone had an, a, a past partner that I didn't know about, I like I don't want there to be any girl who thinks that she has like a one up on me and my boyfriend. Yeah, you're, you're, he's supposed to be. We're supposed to be a team. There should be 100 percent transparency with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if he's not telling me, then it's like that's not loyal. It goes back to loyalty. That goes. That's immediate distrust. A red flag. 100. percent Yeah, yeah. Like I don't. So, I don't have 
exes, but I have friends that I've liked, but there was never anything and never went beyond just being yeah. friends. I knew that I had to tell them I thought I liked them to not like them anymore and to like move on. I needed to hear that no. So yeah. it's like, I still have friends like that in my life, but there's never been anything there, but I would still be open about that, you know, yeah. like, because I still feel like I owe it to them. That's different because I think as soon as you include like anything physical, like intimate, that is when it becomes like harder. If you're just mm -hmm. having like a crush on someone, that's pretty harmless, right? Mm -hmm. I think so. So yeah, I think it's mainly just like, for me, it's the physical like intimacy portion. Yeah, for sure. I wanted to kind of hear best practices or, or not even best practices, but your least favorite ways that you get flirted with. Like, are there any ways that you get flirted with that you absolutely hate? Um, Guys, listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't know if this is a thing. Someone told me, like, this is why it's good to have, like, I guess, like, guy friends from a distance because something, okay, you can confirm or deny, but some guys will, like, g make fun of you or, like, insult you at first as a way of flirting. Yeah, like ro roasting is like a huge part of it, right? And there's reasons why. If you look at the um, raising of young men, is is if they're always told, oh, if because the young girls are are taught, you know, if the guy hurts you or punches you or something, you, yeah. if he's mean to you, he likes you, and you're you're like acclimatized to that from the age of like five and six years old, and so guys get that in their heads too. But that also relates to the issue of daddy issues. Um, which is yeah. if you tear a girl down and she has daddy issues, they like that. Like I, I think, oh. and there's TikToks that have gone viral too of of guys saying like really nice things to girls and getting like R bombed or or you know just like not interested. And then there's there's videos of guys saying like the crudest things to girls, and girls are like, "Here's my Snapchat." So, like that's interesting. Bad behavior is rewarded still. That is interesting. I think I know exactly what you're talking about because it is it comes from a place of like wanting like the here's this guy who is telling me like, "Oh, you're you're not all that" or whatever, just being disrespectful. And all I want to do like naturally is to be like, "No, no, I'm worth like look at how awesome I am. Look at how <laughs> much I it does definitely probably come from daddy issues. I, and I I definitely used to be that girl when I was younger. Now I'm like, "Please like block block get yeah. out, like get out of my dms don't even speak to me like at the clubs i once like i dumped my drink on a guy i don't even care because i was like don't yeah disrespect <laughs> but, then, but then i'm like why do guys do this and i i don't realize like they there's more attention and success with that than with being kind and I will speak from my own personal experience that I have used that because I wasn't getting any success by being a nice guy. And I used that and there was success with being more of an asshole. And so I'm like, but I always felt like crap after, but I'm like, okay, yeah. why does it, why does this work? It's always fascinated me. It's always been something I'm ashamed of because it's like, why am I yeah. using this, this language or this way? Obviously this isn't the girl I want if she responds to stuff like this. Like That's I want, true. I want women who have a higher standard of men than that. That Which is why true. I talk to a lot of fathers about raising daughters on this. Like I've had, I've yeah. had some episodes with fathers raising their daughters and we talk about that kind of thing. No, that's, that's really true. I think if it works, like being disrespectful, there's something else going on with the girl because she's being reactive of something like that. Like it does come from, I guess, uh, your upbringing. It's horrifying. It I've is. been, 
I don't yeah. like it. It is been horrifying there. how they respond to it sometimes. Yeah, and I'm like, I know. why does this work? But also you're talking to me, so I'll, yeah, let, it, I'll yeah. let it go. Yeah, it is really sad. And, you know, I had to really take a look at some, because, you know, that ended with me getting into like a really abusive relationship because of that. Like there's a lot of things that goes on that you don't even know, but other men can see this about mm-hmm. you, right? Like there are a lot of women who I guess like, they, they, they struggle with things that aren't really like, or, or maybe, maybe like a joke. Like it, it doesn't seem that serious. Um, it's just like, Oh, like it's whatever. It's just, it's cute. And, and guys are really good at seeing that, like using your weakness against you. It's mm. really, it is sick because, you know, I've seen it opposite also. Like people just use each other's, um, Weaknesses. traumas. Yeah, it's horrifying how it works. Yeah, like I've I've definitely seen it happen, and it's really sad. Yeah, but like I don't understand it either. But also, it makes me think like sometimes women like when they go after these guys who are assholes to them, they know what they're getting their themselves into, right? But then there are women who are not looking for that at all, and they're like, no, like don't even try. And then you know the men they try a different strategy, which is like. I don't know. Maybe it's like they they tend to target strong women more. And it's like a different type of man too because it's like the satisfaction where if you can just get this seemingly unattainable woman to give you the time of day, it's validating. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of guys like that. Maybe it's like a maybe it's a mommy issue thing. I don't know. But interestingly enough, it comes from intelligence if they do that because they're like, okay, let me morph myself into the man of her dreams. And you can usually tell like, okay, this girl, she probably likes this type of guy who treats her this type of way. Mm-hmm. And he is such a good actor. Like men are good actors. And he he completely just like lands the role because he he knows exactly what she's looking for, but that's not who he is. And then so later when his toxic, and, and then she falls in love with him. And then later when his toxic true colors come out, it's too late because she's already in love with who she thought he was. Yep. And- she ends up thinking like, okay, well, I know what he's like. I know the real him. If I can just be better, if I can just be better, if I can just be more beautiful, if I can, you know, please him more, or if I can just be cooler, he will go back to being the man that I know. And yep. that's false because that man never existed, right? Mm-hmm. That's so, why women out there, you should only be with men who are upfront about their faults. And that's to me, like the biggest factor of anything. If they're secure enough to explain, like, you know, this is the guy I used to be. This is the man I am now. This is how I've recovered. I've gone through things like that's a desirable man to me is like, they're honest about it. And I've also seen, yes, sorry, go ahead. That's exactly why I told you that I asked, I I press people on their past relationships, Mm. right? Because I want to see like, what is he going to is he just gonna call her crazy is he just gonna call it all of his exes crazy and no like oh but i hate that would, i hate that no. too if you're if you call your ex crazy then without any like backstory to why without some like internal self-reflection there then you just suck yeah i that's that's exactly why i love talking about it because you know the the way people describe other people is a reflection of themselves too So Mm. it's not that I actually care about, you know, your ex. I just want to know how you talk about her. Mm -hmm. Right. Is it respectfully or disrespectfully? Even if it, even if it ended poorly, how, like, is it respectful? And and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And a lot of guys think that, oh, if I just say like, oh, we just mutually ended, like it was fine. Like we're still, we're, we're good. Like that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for like, 
where you went wrong, you know, like wh- like what you learned, you know. She's looking, a lot of when guys- he's looking for an essay. <laughs> I want like character development. Essay. Yeah. Like, who's yeah, the protagonist? Want, who's the antagonist? Yeah, I want the God's eye view on the situation, so I know, right? Like, because mm. you know, a lot of times, like these girls, they just oh, she was crazy. She was crazy. I'm not even going to go into it. Like, yeah. what? Because I've been there. I've been that girl where, you know, I'm like, am I being crazy? And I don't like that. Yo, these women, they're gaslighted so crazy, and I've been there. Like, I've been that girl. Um, and you know, I also have, I, it's also like insecure men too, when they don't voice their insecurities or their fears. Look, sometimes you date women who are out of your league and you're insecure. You're like, she's probably going to find someone better, especially if you're pretending to be someone you're not. Mm -hmm. And you know, she deserves better because you know, you're trash. Right. (laughs) And so these men, they tend to get like their insecurities start to consume them. Cause I've had a guy who was literally like, I'm going to be, I'm going to go to the gym like twice a day so I can be hotter than you. I'm going to start a podcast and compete with yours. And I was just like, why are you, is this a joke? Like yeah. what? But later my guy friends explained it to me and they were like, yeah, that's insecurity. Cause he, d- he knows he's lacking in somewhere. Mm-hmm. So he's overcompensating at the gym, getting tattoos. Like he needs to make up for what he's, he thinks he's missing. Mm-hmm. And I hate that too. Cause it's like, don't, pretend to be like good enough for the job and then you end up being a piece of crap like just don't that's a lot of men though even in the actual workplace it's true (laughs) yeah yeah. it's true and i'm just like just say like i'm worried that i'm not good enough at this skill how can i get better i'm worried that i'm not like you know i'm worried that we're not i'm not as in line with your emotions or i don't really know how you're feeling all the time like how can i get better that's attractive to me not the ones who are like well I'm just going to get hotter than you. So yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Can you believe that? Like I, I fundamentally believe every guy should read the book I'm currently reading. Like <laughs> it's, it's, it's like I've written so many notes in it and yeah. it's covered and covered and covered and covered in, in notes Good. Um, because it's, it's so true. And it's, it's a very critical take of masculinity, but it's very empathetic. It's like you were raised this way. You were a product of your environment. I understand your confusion because girls say they want this and, and they don't actually want it. Guys say they want this, but they don't actually want it. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that are encoded into the whole conversation, but it's really not your fault and you should be able to be this way or you should be able to share your emotions but then sometimes you know women do use the emotions of men to leverage that and and um twist that against them or be manipulative that way it's just like a whole lot of blaming about who's manipulative and who's not and not enough of like i understand your pain and you understand mine it is hard i know exactly what you're saying because some guys are they do communicate and they do share things that make them like scared or like vulnerable or insecure. And that to me is very brave, right? They're sharing something so vulnerable with this girl that they're dating who should be receptive of that. But instead, some some girls will like take advantage of that mm-hmm. and, you know, be like, oh, you're just being insecure, like gaslight the men. And I'm just like, yo, what are you, sis, what are you doing? Like, yeah. You can't find guys like that who who talk about their emotions with you and want to make it work with you in like the right healthy way. And you're like telling him that he's like weak and, you know, like I I don't understand because that that comes down to like just you're being the right person for the wrong person. Mm -hmm. Because what that yeah, what that guy is doing is totally right. But the person he's doing it for is just not like 
appreciative. Yeah. And that can then harm the guy from being that way in the future is because he's exactly. the wrong person, right? So for me, a, a huge factor in my future relationship, I think will be, you know, as soon as we're serious, living together, engaged, it's like, I want to do couples therapy from the moment that I know that you're the one. And I've talked to a lot of people about that, like friends and 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 they're like, why would you do that? And I'm like, therapy is, should be a proactive thing, not a reactive thing. Like it shouldn't be, okay, now we're five years into our marriage, we're suffering. Maybe if we knew about the common things that happen at a one year, two year, three year, four year, five year relationship, we would get over those hurdles without even actually experiencing them. So why not? I totally agree. I think that's a really good way because you're being proactive. I even have like the like three pastors picked out in my head that I want to do my premarital counseling with because and honestly, I want to be with a guy who wants to do that also because like that shows that you're you want to get married for the marriage, not because of the wedding or because of freaking inheritance or whatever superficial stuff. It shows me that you you want you asked me to marry you because you want a marriage with me. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's quick question. That's re- yeah. Does the size of your mar- like wedding matter to you and like how extravagant it is? It used to a lot. Like I think pre Jesus Wendy really, really wanted like a big glamorous Vogue wedding. Mm-hmm. Now I have very, very, like I just have like three items on my list that I would want. Right. Yeah. And I don't even, I don't even need like a wedding. I just don't want pictures because, you know, I want to show my kids, but I don't really, yeah. and with my friends, like it would be like a nice memory, but I don't really care about like the guest list. I don't care about the venue. I don't really, nah, me neither. I just want it to be pretty and like pink and stuff. Right. Yeah. Very, very pink. <laughs> if anyone that doesn't know her, well, yeah. go check out her podcast, but it's very pink. Um, yeah. Oh, her nails are pink too. I see <laughs> all different palettes shades or shades, yeah. shades of pink. Um, no, I think that's what, that one's interesting too, is because a lot of like a big wedding would intimidate me because I don't want, I've never understood the idea of going into debt for a party that only happens once. And if you get divorced, yeah. which is like 50% of marriages, you just yeah buy a house, buy, yeah. go on a nice honeymoon. That's like six months long Ye- instead of like a party or like a one night party. I don't know. Yeah. I, um, I might elope before my true wedding because you know, like I want, I want it to be intimate. I I don't want to be nervous, like walking down the aisle, you know, like big mm. wedding bridezilla thing. I want to be like, okay, well, this is just like the celebration with like everybody we love. But I think like to actually tie the knot, I don't really care where mm. that is. I'd know? really want my friends to be there. I think, especially my dad. Yeah. My, like my your, brother, your, yeah. your bridal party and you know, sorry. Um, yeah. Bridal party. Yeah. That's what it's called. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. As long as they're there, like your closest friends, your family, that would be good enough for me. That's all I and care then, about. Yeah. yeah. So like if I, you know, was engaged during the pandemic and I was supposed to get married during the quarantine, I think I would still do it. Yeah. hundred percent. It'll be so much cheaper. Right? Yeah. And You'd be saving you know, so much money. Exactly. And you know, it's interesting because I was talking to a wedding photographer and I was like, how's business these, these days? And he was like, you know, it's actually still really good because the people who really want to get married, they're still getting married. Mm-hmm. You know, they just want to And everyone wants a together. photographer. It's like and catering companies and, and yeah. those people that are losing money. Yeah, those those were yeah, exactly, exactly. So I I just thought that was so beautiful what he said because he knows he's like yeah the people who who want to get married they're still doing it they mm-hmm. don't care and that's honestly amazing. We haven't even touched the best ways to to flirt with women. We only even oh, talked about the I, one bad way. Oh yeah. What are I other ways even... that you didn't like don't like to be flirted with? Um, I. I don't like, I don't like when guys come up to you and you don't really know what they want. Cause you know, 
okay so for example i'm at the gym and this guy comes up to me and he's like can you show me how to do russian twists and i'm like bro what google it or something like it's just like because for me i genuinely think that he wants me to teach him how to do russian twists right later i learned that oh he's trying to have a reason to talk to you Yeah. yeah and i'm like if you want my number, can you just say that? Like, don't waste my time teaching you. Would you Russian have given twi- it to him? Um, more, more likely than if he was to ask me to do Russian twists first, because that's okay. that's I don't know. I think at the gym it's really hard because, like, yeah, it is hard. Gyms are like I a, think, a very hard flirt zone because it's like I think you can only flirt with yeah. someone at the gym if you've seen them before and you like you you both have seen each other. Then you can be like, hey. Hi, and just gradually, not just like randomly out of nowhere. It's like my first day at the gym and someone's just like, can I have your number? That's weird. And mm. I probably won't ever go to that gym again, right? Um, so, and sometimes at the bar, like people will come up and start talking about really random stuff. And I'm like, what are you doing? Are you wasting my time? Are you distracting me? Like, what is your intention? Like some some guys are, and, and usually when they're hiding their intention, it becomes more sketch. Because it's like, are you trying to traffic me? Are you trying to like steal from me? Are you trying to hit on my friend? Like, mm-hmm. what is that? Oh, that's another thing. Hitting on my friend. I've had a guy who like would hit on the, my friends that I was with, but they really, he was trying to talk to me. And that's not attractive to me because like, if we do end up dating, you're going to be around the friends that you flirted with <laughs> in the beginning. Yeah. Like, that's weird. Right. Um, and I guess there's like, there's, there's so many more. Um, let me think like, I don't like, cause that's playing games. Like I don't like guys that play games. Yeah. Okay. I have another question. Cause this is one I've been struggling with a lot and I kind of mentioned in our previous conversation, but does it, okay. So say you're at a club and a guy comes up and he puts his arm around you or starts dan- be- dancing behind you. <laughs> Maybe this is yeah. pre-Jesus Wendy. <laughs> and <laughs> and he starts just starts dancing with you without like asking for permission. Is that okay if he's attractive? What like was does does that something that you found was okay when he was if he was so, attractive? So okay. Pre-Jesus Wendy, yeah, it would have been okay. But now, like when I go to the club, I don't I don't like anybody hitting on me in the club, you know? But I remember like before I used to be like, yeah, this is okay. Mostly because like if you're, ter- if you're thinking in terms of like going home with someone, right? Uh, yeah, I, I think that is what makes it okay because it's like, okay, well, this guy's cute. Maybe maybe he'll take me home. And that sounds like. <laughs> that is something I as mm-hmm. a dude hate because – my issue with that is then it's not about the behavior that's not okay. It is about the yeah. attractiveness of the guy. So when it comes to things like catcalling or touching someone in the club or things that guys are typically or like things that are kind of labeled as toxic masculinity right now and in how they talk to women, it's okay if you're attractive, but it's not okay if he's unattractive. So therefore, it's never about the behavior of the guy. It's always about his Yeah, I hear level. what you're saying. I think at the club, it's different. I think it sometimes is the behavior because... No. Uh, yeah, no, I think you're right. Cause, but it is different at the club. Like, see, catcalling is just like, I'm just minding my own business. That's my sister. I'm just minding my own business, like... <laughs> don't talk to me but then if like an attractive guy does then i'll probably be more inclined to be like okay well you know hey 
but like at the club it's it's yeah I feel like every anything kind of goes because it's the club. You have very low expectations. You know, you're there. You know what the culture is like. I hate. I hate clubs. Yeah. For that exact reason, I know girls who get catcalled, and if the guy's ugly, they hate it. But if it's attractive guy, they're okay with it. I know girls who've been like, yeah, I've been, I've had a guy come up to me and start grinding behind me at the club, and I turned around and he was super attractive, and but if he's ugly, I push him away. So I'm like. That is like a very confusing line for guys because it all comes down to the subjectiveness, subjective attractiveness of that guy between what is morally right and morally wrong, which then blurs the lines of what is toxic and what is not, which is why I hate the conversation that of toxic masculinity in a lot of ways, which is why I give a lot of empathy to guys who are like, I don't know where the line is of how to behave. Yeah, I think with toxic masculinity... I don't think that hitting on girls in like a like un just weird way. I don't know if that is toxic masculinity. I think toxic masculinity comes from like a lot of the other things we were talking about, like um, taking advantage of a girl's daddy issues, not being able to express vulnerability. Those things I think are toxic. Well, because people label catcalling and oh, and like sexual harassment. Like one, because at the club, yeah. if you're touched by a guy who is unattractive that would become sexual assault when it when it's a guy who is attractive it becomes flirting yeah that's hard because i see what you're saying i think it all comes down to yeah it's the thing with consent right like you never know and a lot of guys consent isn't verbally expressed right if a guy just comes up to you so it's then even it's not even about the consent that matters it's about the it's still about the attractiveness of the guy yeah yeah that that's difficult because i don't know man i i feel like people should just like stop like the clubs yes i don't advocate for that behavior by the way i just yeah it's, it's a part that confuses me yeah but the thing is like when that happens at the club for me i'm just like okay whatever it's the club like men are just gross i don't know if i feel harassed okay well it depends right because i know like you kind of expect it to happen but in other places in life like the cat calling and and stuff like that like i i i try not to encourage that behavior on anyone like even if they were good looking i'd be like that is not how you speak to me um but before i think it was just like getting attention from a good looking guy was the validation thing i think a lot of I think I think if people were to be okay with it, if the person is attractive, it could just be for validation, right? Because you get DMs from people and it's annoying if they're weird, but it would be flattering if they're good looking. So maybe it comes to like what kind of attention you're you're getting. Um, mm-hmm. And like maybe some people like that. I know I used to, but now it's like, I don't, me now it's like, should I encourage this behavior or should I not encourage this behavior? I think about that before I respond to any DMs or before mm. I respond to anyone hitting on me, you know, but I also went through like a pretty dramatic change. So like, I, I can't say that a lot of women also think that way, but I definitely remember what it was like to be like, oh, well, if you're cute, then yeah, it's okay. It does send the wrong message to men, too, because like a lot of these attractive men probably now feel like they're invincible. And, you know, they do get they do get themselves into trouble when they try that shit on girls that don't like it. Like they just don't like the behavior. But Mm -hmm. the attractive guy is like, oh, no, but it's okay because I'm I'm good looking and it's worked before. Like other girls have allowed this green lighted me and he's going to get himself into trouble. So I think 
the solution is if just if you know guys like we're more considerate like more empathetic i i've had some guys who understand how creepy it is and they don't want to do that to anyone and it does make it hard because i don't know we just live in this day and age right now where it's hard to meet people in like a respectful way Mm -hmm. it is very hard yeah especially right now in the coronavirus like you only can tell based on someone's appearance you can only try like these like weird ways that only our generation has come up with instagram dms tinder yeah. That's why I don't like Tinder that much is because it's all superficial. It's like your bio literally doesn't matter yeah. at all. Yeah. Hinge is like your bio matters a bit. So that one, I like it because I can respond or message every girl. But then even then, it's how like the messaging is, Yeah, you know, is this too creepy? Is this not creepy? Is this, oh, how are they going to receive this? I've had lines that work really well. And then that only works to like get that initial conversation, but there's obviously no interest in prolonging it. Right. It's just, Oh, this was a really clever line. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is really hard. I have no solution either. Cause I'm also very single and like, you know, yeah. but it, I even thought about like when reaching out to you, I'm like, is she going to take this the wrong way? <laughs> uh, so I, I always feel like I have to word everything like super appropriate. So there's no, I'm like, you're a podcaster. We went to DHS. I'm not you know hating what? on you. <laughs> you know what? I think if you think about it like that, then it doesn't come off as like you're hitting on them. If you if you think about it like that, that's how I see it. Like I, I sometimes like you can kind of tell with people if it's like there's there's something else, and in some others you're like this is really genuine, and those are the those are the DMs that I like to respond to, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. I feel like people try too hard to to sell themselves when really like who you are is enough and the right person is going to see that you don't have to like come up with these like lines. You don't have to like post this picture. The, the, the right person, whoever you're attracting, like whatever you're putting out there, it's going to attract the right people. And Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes the things you put out there is like shit attracts flies. I always say, so you're going to have to be prepared to attract some flies also. And if you're the common denominator for a lot of your, like, I don't know, exes and stuff like, for me, I would always look up and be like, why do I attract such trash men? Okay. Mm-hmm. And I had to really take a look at like, what was I putting out there? And I had this conversation with someone else also it was like, yeah, I'm not probably not going to find the love of my life at a club or, you know, like at a rooftop nope. rave in San Francisco, like, you know, but I would do that and expect, expect to find just like the perfect guy just like there. It always shocks me that girls thought they could find the perfect guy at the club. I'm like, that ain't where love happens. Yeah, That's no. Where... You find a lot of guys with good lines and they have game. Yeah. But yeah, no. But no. do you know? It blows my mind sometimes. It's the easiest place to meet people. That's why it's like the go-to. I it's... always went with groups of girls and I always felt like very protective. And I, if oh. I like, like girls would be dancing and they just want to have a fun time and I'm with them and I see a guy come up with them and like not even ask and I'll be like, bro, get away. She'll want you. And then she'll be like, she'll be like, Luke, help. And I say, get away. He's like, who the hell are you to speak for her? I'm like, well, she just told me to speak for her. Yeah. So get away. So yeah. Wow. That's interesting. I really struggle. I never liked going to the club too much because I most of my friends in university were girls mm. and I've that's kind of always been my circle. So when they got hit on, I'm like, can you just please just let us dance? Like, let us have fun. But, you know, I think it's cool that you were friends with a lot of girls because you understand a lot of the things that they go through, right? And you probably have cool conversations like this. Yeah. 
These yeah. are these are typical conversations, and I'd be like, "I'll walk you home. Let's. Yeah. I'll walk you home. Then I'll walk myself home." And they're like, "You're yeah. not, you're gonna walk home by yourself?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm like, I don't yeah." Care. I'd walk home by myself all the time, not even think twice about it. Like it's fine. Yeah, I always forget that. Like men sometimes are like, "Yo, did you get home?" And they're like, "Yeah, what the heck?" And I'm like, "Oh, sorry for caring." Yeah, I'd always text my my girlfriends. I'm like, "Did you get home okay? Like, how are you? Yeah, like, I hope you're okay." Um, yeah. So I'm like more aware of those things, but I still am like not aware, you know, like there's still more I could learn. Yeah. I, it's hard. Cause like when I used to, you know, be like all partying, like every single day, I, yeah, I don't know. It was like this, this, I guess like girls who are in their party stage, like they keep getting hurt because you know, they're, they're in the, these scenes where you're attracting certain types of men and you end up thinking like, oh, all men are trash. And then you meet, maybe you, you just so happen to meet like a good guy, but because you, uh, you are so like still in your, you know, ho phase, let's call it, you're gonna, it goes into a cycle and then you break his heart and then he like becomes a fuck boy and then he breaks like a good girl's heart and then it yep. just is a whole cycle. I know some girls who say all men are trash and I'm like, yeah, the men you date, <laughs> like yeah, there's good, you know there's, what? there's good men out there, folks. Yeah, like, it's true. You just won't date them. <laughs> go to the, go to the library. I don't know. Find someone who volunteers at a local, like brother, it, yeah, big it's, brother or it's so like funny. It's true because like when I was pre Jesus, Wendy, I would see like good guys and I'd be like, oh my gosh, like that's exactly the guy I want to be with. And I'm like, okay, well like maybe I'm cute enough for him. But then I'm like, still feeling uncom um still feeling insecure like going up to him or like starting a conversation because i'm like well why would he like me like you can't that just is be true yeah it's that like is that it, is very true yeah it can't the, just the be guy that you want sometimes wouldn't like you because of your behavior exactly and and you can't just expect you can't just expect i was talking about this on another episode with someone about how you can't just expect someone perfect to come in and like fix you and change you like you have to be who you're looking for is looking for it's a hundred percent and a hundred percent it's not 50 50 this other person who's perfect for you they're going to be giving you a hundred percent and you're like giving them your 50 that's not really fair and honestly that person deserves better right and this is you know this mm -hmm. is it's it's it is both sides though like I'll, I'll say all men are trash i obviously don't mean all men right i know that there are good guys out, out there i've seen you know my friends marry some really good guys and i'm just like damn i want that but you know i look at my girlfriend and i'm like yeah she deserves a guy like that <laughs> right mm -hmm. and i knew like looking at myself back then i'd be like yeah no no, no. it's not your time yet sweetie <laughs> yeah even for me there's girls i'll match with who are really attractive and then they're like, yeah, I still drink four nights a week. And I'm like, see, you're, you could be as gorgeous as hell. And I yeah. still don't want, I don't want that. That's yeah. the energy I want in my life. Yeah. I think like the older I'm getting, I'm realizing more and more that what you look like, it's, it, it really doesn't matter that much because you, yeah, you can be the most good looking person. You can have all the money in the world and you could still have a lot of like issues. You, you'll never be able to fill that void in you with cars or girls or money or whatever like I've dated men like that and I can see how empty they are and you know it's just it's not fair to the other person because you're using them to fill something in you you're using them to like complete mm -hmm. something that's missing in you and your looks are never going to do that sorry nope. if looks fade yeah like to me it's how interesting are you on this first date 
Do you care about learning? Are you intellectually aware? Do you have life goals? Do you not have life goals? Yeah. I've been on dates with gorgeous girls who didn't have any of that. And I'm like, well, sorry, you're not getting a second date. Went on other dates with women who maybe were less attractive or, or less like, I don't even know. They're still beautiful women. So I don't know how to, less, I guess, stereotypically hot. Yeah. And I'm like, well, they had really good conversation and it was a good four hour dinner and we walked after and it was really good. And I asked them out again and they said, yes. So yes. good like, to me, it's, is how stimulating this co- is this conversation. Yeah, it, it's true. Cause like I, my mom always told me, she's like, don't be a vase. And I was like, what the, what does that mean? And she's like, like a vase that is like so beautiful used for decoration to hold flowers, but on the inside, like you're really empty. And mm. I was always like, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to be like that. Cause you know, I always thought that it, if I could, that was another reason I was obsessed with the gym. Like if I could just be fit, if I could just be a good looking, then people won't see how empty I am and how bad of a person I am. Mm. And obviously I couldn't like, no matter how much you work out, if you know you're a shit person you're always gonna look in the mirror with your like muscles and six-pack and you're gonna you're gonna see an ugly person because you know the truth Mm. i'm that's interesting that you brought that up because i'm like the other way i know that i have a lot to me and i have a lot of depth and i'm really all over the place and i have a lot of life goals but i don't feel like i get as much recognition because i'm not as outwardly attractive so i want to become more in shape so I am more physically attractive so people can understand what I have inside that's the good that's the healthy way to do it working out because because you know you have a lot to offer and because you you want to do that for yourself right the other way I don't think I want to do for myself I think I still want to do it because I want to get noticed by women oh 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 oh. well okay that's that's different too because you're not doing it because that's all you have to offer because you're not like okay well if I can just get fit then then I'll be I'll be wanted. No, because you have a lot of other things that you have to offer, right? But mm-hmm. for me, it was I don't have anything to offer. Let me just let me just get glow up. Yeah, it's very true. different, right? Yeah, I still think there's like insecurity, like on my of side. Of course, yeah. But um, no, I, I see what you mean because yeah, yeah. Like, and I also see it as a self improvement thing. Yeah, and also like. When you were saying before, if you were to go after these like beautiful women that you you didn't find mentally stimulating or like uh, uh, put a lot of effort into self development like you have, that's where this generation of simp's come from. You know that term? Mm. Like, yeah. the, I don't think it's a bad term. The literal no, the literal definition of a simp before it became like a meme and stuff. The actual definition was a guy who like just like gives everything to a girl who doesn't really care about him. Doesn't like a really... nice guy's finish last type thing. Like for, to I, me, it reminds me of like a friend zone. I like, mean, like I treat her really well, but she, I, she put me in her friend zone. Like that's kind of how I see it. I don't think that's a simp. I think a simp is like a guy who literally like does goes to the ends of the earth for a girl who isn't like, first of all, doesn't pay attention to him. Second of all is do, like, doesn't really add anything to their relationship either. It's it's just like a one way thing, and he's okay with mm-hmm. it. Like, I don't know. It's it it usually comes from girls who like want to take advantage of that. It's not like you're not a simp if you're doing it for your girlfriend, and you're not yeah. a simp if you're doing it for like your wife. It's literally yeah. just you're you're just like doing. You're just being a good boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. If you're in a yeah. relationship, but if you're doing, I call this my for- friends all the time. Yeah. That it, yeah, but that's a joke, right? Yeah. But there are these other these other guys who will go to the ends of the earth just to get like this like beautiful woman to give him the time of day. 
mm-hmm. and it's sad. Like it's like a step above an incel. What's that? It's an involuntary celibate. So it's a guy who's like he blames he wants to have sex, but he blames his fact that he's never had sex on women, and then he hates women. Oh, <laughs> like that's that's basically what it is. But normally oh they don't gosh. have the confidence to ask out women, or oh, they just, yeah, they just yeah. like have this internal hatred towards women. That's so funny. Oh my gosh, I want to have one on my podcast because I think that'd be a really interesting conversation. That would be. You should also ha- you should also have like no, you did have it. I was gonna say you should have a cheater on your podcast, but you did. So I I did. Yeah. See, I do my Episode homework. Thirty-one. Okay. Well, I'm not I, that good. But... Thirty. Roman Robert. <laughs> Yeah. But he's back with his wife. So Yeah, no, that that was a really good one too, having a mm-hmm. confessions of a cheater. Yeah. That yeah. was really good. I've had a porn star too. Yeah, I listened to that also. That was oh, good yeah, too. That was a good one. Divorce. Totally, totally. Yeah. I haven't had a single dad yet. I want to have a single dad. That's a really yeah. interesting conversation. That would be there. good. Or like raising a daughter. Well, Wendy, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I what yeah. an honor. You're only the second female. I know. Second woman guest. It's cool because, again, like you had a really interesting line of guests. So I'm really honored that I was one of them. No problem at all. I I mean, I, th- I think it's really interesting that people always think that their next guest has to be bigger than their last one. And I'm like, I actually like conversations with people I know or I'm familiar with almost more because... It's, it's not about like being interesting. It's just... It's more sorry, conversational. It's not about being bigger. It's about being like yeah. interesting enough to like yeah. have a good conversation. Yeah. You know, because, yeah, it's... But yeah, thank you. Bye. Thank you everyone so much for tuning into this week's episode with Wendy. I really hope you enjoyed it. You can find her podcast on Spotify and Apple at My Terrible 20s. You can also connect with her on Instagram at My Terrible 20s. Um, I think this was a really insightful conversation. I might have her back on in the future to further this conversation as there's some things I would have liked to talk about even more in depth um, about dating in the young man's age and, and, and how we can be better for women and how women see us when we do certain acts and whatnot. So, you know, I'd love to hear what you thought about this episode. Please reach out to me on Instagram at The Imperfect Pod. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you're a guy that really struggles with this, I hope that this was insightful for you. Women, if you're wondering why men are the way they are or why they act the way they are, I hope that this offered some insight and value to you as well. Um, And I just thank you everyone for tuning in. If you enjoyed it, please leave a subscribe or a follow or a view wherever you listen to it. And I'd always love to hear what you have to say. So thank you so much and I'll see you all next week.